0: What you need to do is to really be up to speed on what's happening in relation to that employer in the media, have read their website, have found you know uh, information out that may not be as widely available, and you use those things to frame your questions, once again, to demonstrate to the employer that you've taken time to research uh, the organisation and the opportunity prior to interview. back again talking about interviews
2: we are we are but this time we're going to slip the table and start talking about uh, candidates and what what they need to know as far as interview skills and some of the mistakes they make sure
0: uh, look I uh, I talk about this a fair bit in my book uh, uncover the hidden job market and uh, I'm constantly amazed at how many people uh, who read my book and read this section when they go into interviews don't actually apply it I'm not really sure why, uh, whether it's uh, nerves or laziness or whatever, but you know there are certainly uh, things that you can do to leave a very good lasting impression and uh, and they're simple. So you know my recommendation firstly is that as you're preparing for an interview, particularly with the employer, is to demonstrate to them that you are uh, very interested in the role is uh, in preparation you print out a copy of the advertisement assuming that there is an ad you print out a copy of their website you get a highlighter pen you might even print out a copy of the linkedin profile of the person who's interviewing you and you get a highlighter pen and you highlight some key sections not only to remind you of um, perhaps questions that you want to ask But immediately the employer, when you put those down on the table, sees those and they go, wow, gee, this person is well prepared for this interview. Uh, So that's point number one. The second point is uh, never assume that you know what the client is looking for. So I spoke about it from the the perspective of the employer in the last discussion. Being that uh, employers need to get very clear about what they need delivered in the first three, six, and 12 months. Likewise, as a candidate, you need to understand that, and unless they've been through a Lou Adler style process, and by this I'm talking about the employer, you know, it may be quite a foreign concept to them for you to go into the interview and once the uh, the niceties are dealt with to say to the employer, you know, what are you actually employing me to do? What would I need to have achieved for you? Let's say in the first 12 months for you to give me 100% on my performance review. And in many instances, the employer won't be able to answer that, you know, immediately and clearly, but it will definitely get them thinking about, uh, you know, what they need. So if the employer was to say to you, Richard you know tell us why you're great for this job and I went and I said well you know I'm really good at this that and the other Um, they may in fact not be things that the employer is looking for I think uh, you know I use the sales personally person example so if I went in and said and they said Richard why are you looking for the job and I said you know, I launched new products into new markets and I'm really, really good at it and, you know, I've delivered a lot of success. Uh, That's great if they want to do that, but if they're looking for a sales manager who reduces costs of goods sold, then I could have spoken for a long time about something that's completely irrelevant to the interview. So by asking the employer, what do you need me to achieve? Once they can articulate that, then you can use that as a hook to hang your key achievements on and your transferable skills. So they say, we're looking for somebody to reduce costs of goods sold, and you can say, great, let me tell you about a time that I've done that during my career. Or alternatively, they might say, we need something done, and you haven't specifically done that, but you've done something similar to that, and you can say to them, let me tell you about a time that I delivered a similar result in this kind of environment. So you want the employer to tell you what they need to make sure that when you're sharing your stories, they are actually congruent with what the employer is wanting you to achieve. And then when you go into telling your stories, one of the best frameworks is to use a um, four letter um, acronym called STAR, Situation, Task, actions results start so you need to think about stories that you can tell which will best illustrate why you are awesome and you know you don't want to be thinking about this on the fly in the interview for the first time these are stories that you want to have identified at the uh, beginning of your application process ideally have written them down have practiced them have practiced talking about them you know, with uh, family or friends or just in a mirror, whatever works for you, so that by the time you get into the employer and they are asking you to talk about a particular key achievement and you can bring out one of these star stories and literally blow them away. And then finally, an area where candidates fail regularly is where the employer says, have you got any questions for us? And the candidate says, no or they asked some really basic, inane type questions. What you need to do is to really be up to speed on what's happening in relation to that employer in the media, have read their website, have found you know uh, information out that may not be as widely available, and you use those things to frame your questions. Once again, to demonstrate to the employer that you've taken time to research Uh, the organisation and the opportunity prior to interview. So again they're all very simple things to do Um, uh, they take a little bit of preparation but the return on investment in terms of your time uh, will be amazing because very very few candidates do these things so if you can demonstrate that you are doing them you will immediately
2: stand out from the crowd. Right, so I'm just flicking through your book now Richard And I noticed that there's a little bit in here where you're almost flipping the interview and you're having the candidate ask questions of the interviewer. Yeah. And the example is, Mary, I see from your LinkedIn profile you joined this company just over three years ago. Why did you decide to join? What keeps you here? What do you like most about the company? Mm -hmm. What's the value of those questions? Well, I suppose, you
0: know, particularly at a senior executive level, what I say to candidates is that it's as much about you doing your due diligence on the employer as them doing it on you. So... You know, by asking a question like that, I mean, people like to talk about themselves. So, you know, there is a a motivation which is, okay, if you can get Mary talking about herself, then, you know, she feels good and it's a good experience. But, you know, you may have a legitimate reason for wanting to understand why would somebody like her remain working for this employer for three years. Um, Perhaps she's going to talk about some uh, aspects of... Uh, the employer that you weren't familiar with um, or uh, just give you a level of confidence that you know they are indeed a good for home for you so uh, it, it's finding ways to bring some novelty into the communication um, instead of a, an employer saying you got any questions and you say mm, uh, you know um how many holidays you know how many weeks holiday a year or you know pretty basic sort of stuff Uh, or asking questions about what may be available in the ad or the PD you know that is a question it's an unexpected question you know Mary I've done a bit of research um, so I've demonstrated that I'm being thorough and I'm asking you a question because I value your opinion you know it's a it's a good message to send
2: right now, the interview process can be quite emotional for some people. Mm-hmm. How would you suggest someone prepare? Let's say they're, they're anxious about an interview that's coming up. Mm-hmm. How would you suggest that they prepare themselves so that they're in good form? Well,
0: I think it's like anything, you know, preparation. Uh, if you are going to go and give a presentation and stand on stage and uh, uh, give a, a speech or whatever... You, you're going to prepare. Um, you're going to think about what you're going to talk about. You're going to write it out. You're going to practice it in the mirror. You might practice it on friends. Um, you're going to be very certain about um, what you're going to do when you get into that environment. And yet I think that in relation to interviews, people are much, much more complacent than that. Uh, they don't do that level of preparation or anywhere near it. Uh they walk in and then often they're blindsided by how nervous they become. I recruited a CEO for a privately owned agri-business and it was owned by a husband and wife and they'd never had a CEO before. Uh, So they asked me if I could sit in on the interviews with them uh, to offer my opinion about the candidates. So we went to the market and we ran a headhunting campaign and we delivered them, I think seven candidates that they chose to interview which is a lot Um, and I sat in on all seven of those interviews any one of those seven people could have done the job any one of those seven people when they were interviewed by me and I'm a recruiter not the employer so they were more relaxed and uh, they felt more in control of the environment all seven of them interviewed really well all seven of them could have done the job, I was more than happy to present all seven for the vacancy. When it came to them being interviewed by the employer, all seven of them absolutely bombed. You know, their performance was appalling. Uh, Now, perhaps in the eyes of the employer who doesn't interview regularly, it wouldn't have been as obvious, but to me... These people were incredibly nervous, they were incredibly underprepared, uh, and you know the best of a bad bunch, from an interview point of view, got employed. Uh, and he did a great job and he was there for a number of years. But um, you know, they really let themselves down. That was one of the main motivations for me writing that book, because you know, the number of people who I meet who are very senior executives who have managed huge teams and huge budgets and achieved massive things for their employers, their level of confidence in terms of their own uh, ability to find a new role is incredibly low. And you think, how can somebody be so in their power when they're in an organization mm. doing their job and yet when they're out trying to promote themselves um, and secure a new job, they just crash and burn, it it doesn't make sense, but it is reality.
2: Right. Now, at the other end of the spectrum, there would be people who may be perhaps too confident even cocky. How how can someone kind of, what are the sort of internal checks that someone could do to make sure that they're not uh, coming across as too cocky or arrogant in an interview?
0: I think, again, it comes down to asking the right questions. Yeah. You know, if you go in and you're really cocky and, you you know, you pull out all guns blazing, I'm superb and I'm amazing because I can do this, that, and the other, and so on and so forth, um, you're almost bludgeoning the, 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 uh, the employer, you know, with information, some of which may be relevant but a lot won't be. So instead taking an attitude of, um, you know, I talk in my book of saying you know, you're investing in the hour in and interviewing me, I want to make sure that hour is as value as possible. So for me to leave and you to say, I'm really pleased that I interviewed Richard, what would you have like to achieve today? Which is a question I ask at the beginning of every new sales meeting. You know, people are busy. Um, you want to make sure that if they're investing time, that they're getting the outcomes that they're hoping for. So immediately even asking that question says, you know, I'm putting myself on the back foot, I'm here to serve you. You know, what would you like me to achieve in the role? May I tell you about how, where I've achieved similar things in my career is very, very different to going
2: in uh, and being, you know, an egotistical wanker. (laughs) Okay. And are there any questions that a candidate should not ask in an interview?
0: I think that uh, uh, getting... To money too early can be a problem
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and I think asking questions that are very eye-centric may be perceived as being a problem so if you're asking you know what am I getting and what's in it for me and uh, and questions that the would leave the employer thinking you know what's this um, candidates agenda Uh, are probably best left to ask the recruiter, assuming that the interview is happening through a third-party recruiter, or left until later in the process. But the dumbest questions, I mean, as a recruiter, you know, I write an ad, and the ad explicitly talks about the role. And then somebody rings up and they say, oh, Richard, I'm just ringing up about the CEO role that you've advertised. I've just got some questions. And I say, okay, well, what are they? And they say, well, what can you tell me about the role? Mm -hmm. So, mate, I wrote an ad. If Mm -hmm. you're too stupid to read an ad, um, you know, get lost. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a dumb question. What can you tell me about the job? Um, A much more intelligent question is I read in your ad that, you know, there'll be travel required. What what amount of travel? Or I read that, you know, I'll be managing a team. What's the size of the team? So it's demonstrating I've read the ad and I'm asking intelligent questions to uh, elicit further information rather than just tell me about the job. Mm -hmm. And I think going into an interview, assuming that um, uh, you've been prepared properly and that you've been given a position description, you've looked at the website, you've looked at the LinkedIn profiles of the people that are interviewing you, it is not hard to prepare much more intelligent questions than that. Uh,
2: to make this out for Very uh, good. Alright, thank you once again, Richard. I think there will be some useful tips in there for candidates so that they uh, don't make mistakes that they've done before or make mistakes that they've never done before. <laughs> thank, thank you, Brash.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Arete podcast with Richard Triggs. If you'd like a free copy of Richard Triggs' book, Uncover the Hidden Job Market, How to Find and Win Your Next Senior Executive Role, please visit uncoverthehiddenjobmarket.com to register your details. The Arete podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air podcast network.